Hey guys, thanks for listening to Unka Hawaii, a podcast where we chat with local entrepreneurs, creatives, and change makers. Yeah, and speaking of <laughs> entrepreneurs, creators, and change makers, our next guest is legit all of those three times over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, Malia Kaaihui, she is an amazing role model mentor. She's the founder of eight companies, which is insane, and a mama of eight kids. Mm-hmm. She does talk about how um, the relationship between having a business and having kids. And so technically she has like 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love this conversation because she talks about, you know, her why and why she does what she does, how she does what she does, and just her philosophy for life, which has been, it was just so just amazing to yeah, be a part she of really, them. She talks about designing a life that you love and, you know, talks about what keeps her up at night. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Her Instagram handle is Make Magic Malia. And so she actually talks about how to make that magic. Aloha, welcome back to Uncut Hawaii. And today we have an amazing guest, Malia Kaihui. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. We were, um, Andrew and I were making like our dream guest list back <laughs> before we even started, and you were at the top of the list. Oh. And it's, we had to kind of arrange because you're so busy. <laughs> but I'm so happy that we get this opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, everything worked out. Yeah. I'm super happy to be here. So I'm um, curious when people ask you, like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? That's a great question. My kids ask me all the time, what do you do? Like, I, don't know. I don't even know. But I'm always working and never working. And I mean, I think if I could. What don't you do is a question. Yeah. <laughs> if I could sum it up, like, what I want to do is I just want to be involved in badass shit. Like, yeah. Yes. I want to be involved in things that are shaping Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You know, my personal bias is community and culture and things that, you know, disrupt kind of the mainstream space and want to amplify cultural voice and integrate and engage uh, community. Those are the things that really interest me. Mm. And so, you know, um, it's not like one profession or one company. It's anything um in that space and then Mm -hmm. i kind of figure out and think through like how best to to solve for that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so how how did you get to like this point in your life you know like what was it like growing up did you always know you wanted to do this kind of stuff yeah no (laughs) (laughs) um i was born um on mokokiawe yeah yeah my my kulaivi or my ancestral lands are in waohinu kau i was born in hilo um, my parents got divorced and I moved back to Kaimuki with my mom um, when I was around six and went to Kamehameha and then went to the University of Hawaii. And in, at the University of Hawaii, I started off in nursing school. I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I'm going yeah, like, to have a job. Everything's going to be, you know, safe, very safe. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was actually in nursing school at UH Manoa. And I, for the first time ever, Hawaiian studies offered Lao Lapao. Mm. which was which is yeah traditional high medicine medicine Mm -hmm. practices yeah and i was like okay obviously i'm taking that yeah and then i took it and it just kind of reinforced everything that i already knew everything Mm -hmm. that was inside of me like i'm sitting in this like western classroom learning Mm -hmm. how to treat symptoms in nursing school uh cleaning bedpans at hospitals and Mm -hmm. then i come to this wine space and i'm like talking about the body in a holistic way and causing um and thinking about what the root causes are of people's mm-hmm. sickness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talking about mental health things, talking about things that were not really part of my training in mm-hmm. Western uh, nursing school. And I was, you know, my husband just told me, just quit nursing school. I'm like, what the <laughs> I'm like, we're like five and a half years in. Oh, he's, yeah. You yeah. know, he's like almost there. Almost there. <laughs> totally. He's like, it doesn't matter. You know, uh-huh. if you're not passionate about it, you need mm-hmm. to. And, you know, all of the things around um, Hawaiian studies is you know, you're thinking about what are you going to do with that? Like Mm -hmm. what's going to manifest from this? And, um, I just followed my kupuna, which obviously put me in that space for a a reason. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up graduating the same semester when I graduated in nursing school with a double bachelor's in Hawaiian studies and Hawaiian language. Mm, And then moved on to a teaching pathway at UH and got my PhD in political science, um, and was teaching at UH for, and directing programs for about eight to 10 years. Um, at different campuses and then got super bored Mm. of the university Mm. and not that 
you know, if there was anything wrong with it. I just felt like at, in that space, we could say and do whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. right? Yep, but it yep. was a marginal space. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the space that was sitting at the table deciding what was going to happen in mm-hmm. Hawaii for the next 10 generations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be in those spaces. And then my kind of my personal mission really is to disrupt, disrupt mainstream space um, and solve mainstream problems with Hawaiian knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that became kind of my focus. So I got an awesome opportunity to jump into private sector, um, started uh, my own business, and it's just been amazing since then. I really feel like the amount of impact I can have in private sector is much larger than I had in the public sector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your first... So when you're at UH, what were you teaching? Were you teaching Hawaiian studies? Yeah, mostly yeah. Hawaiian studies classes yeah. and courses, mm-hmm. some political science courses as well. Okay, and then when you moved out of there, what was your first company that you started? So I actually worked for a magazine um, called Mana Magazine. Oh, yeah. It was a brand new magazine um, for Hawaiians, by Hawaiians, tell Hawaiian stories out of the Pacific Basin um, company, so Honolulu Magazine and all those. And I got hired on as an editor there. So that was kind of the first, my first um, opportunity. Um, It was brand new, too, so I got a lot of... um, leeway in Mm -hmm. in designing that space i wasn't coming into a space that was already built i was helping Mm -hmm. to build that space yeah that was my first job and then i went to um simultaneously to an architecture firm Mm -hmm. and i did exclusive consulting with them on the built space and environment and how to engage community and culture around that Mm -hmm. and that was really kind of the impetus for my businesses what what does that mean? So like they would you're a consultant sort of when people would come in and want to build like develop yeah and then you so con- they were you know they had a handful of projects throughout Hawaii designing what Hawaii would look like really, mm-hmm. um, and the principal one of my mentors also from Hawaii Island Rob Yopa um, of WCIT Architecture was wanted to push the canon of what Hawaiian architecture looked like. Like, what does that mean for us to build the natural environment? Um, and how do we create spaces that resonate with the people of Hawaii? And it's funny, when I went to the firm and I listened to everything he does, I'm like, sounds like you already do that. Like, you're doing an incredible <laughs> yeah. job. And he's like, no, but how can, how much further can we push it? Mm. Right? How can we continue to insist and, and to break the space open? And then what ended up happening, which was really cool, was that people kept coming to hire us just for our my services, mm-hmm. not oh, even for yeah. architecture, uh-huh. yeah, right, not even in the architecture world. So there was obviously a, a opportunity there, and people were looking; they wanted to engage communities, right? Mm-hmm. And I find and that all the time, like local and coming in, yeah, to Hawaii. for sure, mm-hmm. um, lots of mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, and even community organizations, you mm-hmm. know. So you saw that opportunity, and that's when you started your first business? Yeah, that's when I launched Detail Hawaii, which is a Hawaiian strategy studio, super um, specific about the description, because I want people to know my bias Mm -hmm. up front. We're not a firm for everyone, but we're a firm for anybody that wants to be in Hawaii for the next 10 generations. Mm -hmm. That's how we think about it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, and so with Detail, you guys have been a part of some of the biggest projects in Hawaii. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been super blessed to um, be able to think and provide critical thought. You know, kind of our core services are design, communications, and planning. So we've done lots of master planning projects in Kaka'ako, uh, Kaka'ako Makai, Kukani Loko, um, so cultural projects. We do everything from like the Kamehameha School's annual report to naming the Howard Hughes buildings to um, putting up residential, um, new residential towers in Waikiki, um, rental towers, which mm-hmm. is a first. Like to me, what's exciting is I just want to like be a part of solutions. You don't think through it from a Hawaiian space. So in Waikiki, we've had the opportunity to work on several projects that are actually Queen Emma's lands. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So the international marketplace yep. being one and then right across the street, Lilia. Um, Waikiki is our new rental building that we were a part of a, a large, a, a incredibly large team and an amazing team in building that. But really, the first rental housing that we've seen mm-hmm. in the in urban Waik- core, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. and we have such a need for rental housing. But through those projects, like at the international marketplace, we got to tell again the stories of Queen Emma. Mm-hmm. which, you know, we grew up with International Marketplace. It was kind of a Polynesian review-type, mm-hmm. yeah, kitschy yeah. space. Kinda, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. 
But what we didn't know is that those are actually Queen Emma's lands and that she did a lot of writing of songs there um, mm. and that she had a lily pond there. So at the International Marketplace, when you go there now, Queen Emma's there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally yeah, yeah. transformed. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's totally different. Yeah, completely. And that's what excites me is how can we tell these stories of Hawaii um, in ways that are accessible, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah, to everyone. Because when we go there, we learn something every time. Um, when you know tourists come, they learn something, and everybody mm-hmm. takes away different things from it. But at the end of the day, we're honoring the genealogy of that place. Mm-hmm. And that place is Kaluokau, and it's named after a star line, and that star line exists now on the campus, and kids can play in it and track it. It's like a little splash pad um, in the center court. Um, and also, we still told the story of uh, the kitschy international marketplace in its heyday, right? Mm-hmm. We have the statue of Don Ho um, and the treehouse. We maintained the banyan trees, took millions of data points to build in and around the banyan tree. Mm-hmm. So trying to really maintain the cultural assets of that space, but mm-hmm. do it in a way that is exciting and fun and engaging. Yeah. Can you talk about any other projects that you have going on with detail that are exciting to you right now? Hmm, what's most exciting? (laughs) I don't know. I think, um, you know, we have such a variety of projects. We're doing uh, the Queen's Hospital uh, Master Plan, and that's exciting because, you know, we just (laughs) survived a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Queen's is investing so much in building out both its West Oahu and town campuses to really be the innovator of health in mm-hmm. not only in Hawaii, but in, in the Pacific, I think is exciting. Anytime you get to work on a mission that was founded by one of our elite mm-hmm. is exciting, right? Yeah. And Queen Emma is such a badass. You know, mm-hmm. I might just take a moment to plug her because <laughs> she inspires me yeah. like every day, yeah. right? Uh-huh. She, I always tell my daughter, she's like the Beyonce of our time. Yeah. You don't even know yeah, that. Yeah. Like, she was like writing music, having concerts, but writing policy, running for office, yeah, you know? Yeah. And when she actually started the Queen's Medical Center, right, um, there was no public health care in Hawaii mm-hmm. for the local people. And she and her husband, when he came into office, they took a plan that they built, a health care plan to the legislature for funding, and the legislature refused to fund it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they're like, okay. And then they started having concerts and doing fundraisers. fundraisers. And the king knocked door to door in Honolulu and said, be the first sponsor of our hospital for mm-hmm. our people, mm-hmm. right? And at that time in Hawaii, we had, um, you know, quite a diverse community mm-hmm. from the plantation period and, and immigrants and, and Native Hawaiians that really didn't have access to public health care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anytime you get to work on something that's a part of that l- larger legacy, it's, yeah. to me, those are the most exciting projects. Yeah. Um, it is also exciting, too, to uh, work on projects like Chick-fil-A is a, a project that we're, we've been working on. Oh, you yeah. Know, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 They're coming to town such an amazing story um and people are like how does that community culture (laughs) chick-fil-a and actually they have the most progressive um franchisee model Mm. you know which is uh you know in my mind it's kind of brilliant because it really allows everyday people to be a part of uh, a franchise if if they so want right Mm -hmm. and they're looking for people vested in communities that can um, be a part of telling their story in, in oh. their own community. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Can you bring Chick-fil-A to my man on the Big Island? <laughs> you can be the franchisee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome because it's it's so amazing to hear, like, your, your stories and whatnot, and it really just, like, really in line with what you're saying about, like, you really want to disrupt things, solve problems for the next 10 generations. Yeah. And it's, like, all these things yeah. that you're doing, they're going to last for time for generations to come so yeah yeah because i'm sure you could say you do a lot but i'm sure you have (laughs) opportunities to say yes to so many more things but like what you say about saying yes to the things that are in alignment with your mission Mm -hmm. that's so important i think that takes a lot of like self i don't know just like knowing who you are because sometimes things might seem like ooh, flashy new thing that i could be a part of but Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, I've been super blessed to have the clients that we have. And um, like I mentioned, we're not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. We don't have to be for everyone. And we don't have to take every project on. And 
we're totally comfortable with that. Mm. We want to do our thing and we want to provide value. Our <clears throat> always our sales pitch is going to be community and culture and and the ability to actually impact your ROI mm-hmm. based off of activation of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, so you started Detail, but then you also have many other companies. Yeah, that's under like the your first belt. of many. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go down like the, the kind of the short list of that, and then how those how you decided to say yes to those? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe I'll share a couple. Yeah. I just think that you know, there's so much opportunity. Entrepreneurship really allowed me to um, design the life that I wanted to live, mm. and I think that as a Native Hawaiian. Um, we were naturally entrepreneurs. Like mm-hmm. I tell when I get to speak to um, the younger generation, I always share that. It's like you are already an entrepreneur. You just have to remember. You just mm-hmm. have to engage that genetic memory that allows you to remember that, mm-hmm. right? Because I think sometimes, and I went to a lot of school, so I'm saying this with some knowledge that school kind of um, teaches that out of us, mm-hmm. right? That natural ability to take the the assets and the abilities and talents that we have and to solve prob- solve for that, really. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like for my children, I'm always super curious about like, what are they fascinated with? Mm-hmm. What are they passionate about? I never ask them what they're going to be when they grow up mm-hmm. because I don't really care. You know, at the end of the day, like happy, healthy, thriving I mean, that's the goal, right? And so same with my businesses. I always compare having business, because I have a lot of kids, too. Yeah, 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 we're talking about you have a lot of kids. You have a lot of kids. You are, like, amazing. Yes, I don't know how We don't know how how to, we want to ask that next, like, how do you juggle your time? So I kind of think of my businesses like having children. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you have the concept. Um, Sometimes it's um, inspired, like, from within you, something you experienced or thought up. Sometimes it's conversations with other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Normally, my businesses have been, like, a need. Mm -hmm. Like, I see this need for us to be in the space because there's nobody doing the same type of work in that space. Mm -hmm. And the the market's really asking for it. And so I solve for that. So one example um, is our archaeology firm called Ein Archaeology, which is headquartered in Kihan, Maui. Um, but really, we needed more Native Hawaiian archaeologists, mm-hmm. quite frankly. And I was shocked that, you know, we had um, some smaller firms um, doing amazing work in community. Um, but there was no really large scale firm that mm. was doing that. And mm. there were Native Hawaiians buried in the large firms, but nobody mm-hmm. really had the decision making. Mm. And when you think yeah. about cultural resources and assets, right? You yeah, would think like that why wouldn't there yeah, be yeah. Mm-hmm. a plethora of right. Right, talent in that space? So we, um, with my partner, Tanya Lee Gregg, who's a principal investigator of our firm, um, launched in archaeology. And, you know, it's just a testament to, like, if you build it, they will come. Uh-huh. And yeah. we knew that we needed more Native Hawaiian archaeologists. We knew that um, her impact in buried in other firms wasn't, um, that we could really expand that and include innovation. Right? Hawaiians are innovative, like we always were. So we have, like, you know, drones that are part of our crew, right? We EEV is one of our drones that's mm-hmm. a part of our crew and we are starting to digitize the whole archaeology world um, in the work that we do in Hawaii, which, you know, got a lot of pushback at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I promise it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's who we are as Hawaiians, right? Innovators. We want to take care of our cultural assets the best way possible and sometimes the best way possible is by not touching them mm-hmm. and not impacting that land, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just one example um, that was born and it's been a super successful company. We've we're still waiting for more uh, archaeologists to come out of Hawaii so we can hire them all. Um, (laughs) But we've had to create a pipeline too, a training program to get people into archaeology and field technicians and all the things. So it's amazing because we get to look at um, how to solve for that issue from really like the entire spectrum of mm-hmm. of that industry mm-hmm. and then thinking through like what is that industry look like in 10 generations in Hawaii mm-hmm. who needs to be at the table yeah. having those conversations so those are the kinds of things that excite me but back to my like it's uh comparing it to to having a, a child it's like you have this concept you incubate it right for 10 months and you're thinking about <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, planning yeah. it mm-hmm. and then you give birth to it and then it's like an infant you got to feed it every two hours it's you know super yeah. needy mm-hmm. and then it becomes a toddler and it grows up so like that's kind of my sweet space in business like from incubation of idea to execution mm-hmm. taking firms 
you know, to like a boutique size that allow them to be proficient and viable and, and um, sending them off yeah. Yeah, to the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, just helping to steward it from, from that space. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of, I've kind of figured out, like, that's my sweet space. And so, um, you know, that's the reason I have so many companies because mm -hmm. that's kind of where I thrive the best. I love um, that. Yeah. And that's so yeah. important to just, like, realize that too because, I mean, yeah, not everyone can do everything, but once you realize that sweet spot, like, you're yeah. just going to nail it every single time. You're the visionary, uh -huh. and then you that's where you thrive, and then, but if you stayed in it for too long, then maybe it's not it's not serving the next thing that, yeah. yeah. For sure, space holders are important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you, you have all these companies and everything, and, you know, you, you got to this, such this, this sweet spot, like, were there... Were there any failed companies or like any lessons for that you sure. learned? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for Talk sure. about your, some challenges. Yeah, I actually, I actually love failing. Yeah. I think it's the best. Like I'm always trying to encourage my children to fail, like mm -hmm. to figure it out, like the fail best fast. Opportunity or, for growth mm -hmm. is when you totally when you eat it. <laughs> when you <laughs> eat it, when you're uncomfortable, anxious, all the things, right? Like you know something's happening, mm -hmm. right? There's some kind of mana or energy at work. Mm -hmm. um, there and at play so I love uh, failing yeah I've launched a, you know I have eight companies now that are viable and successful and I've probably launched like 50 mm -hmm. you know that's mm -hmm. just that's just the way it is and I never know which company you know I sometimes I'm like okay this is the one it's yeah. gonna do amazing and then this other one comes I'm like wow it's performing really well like <laughs> what's going on like what am I but you never know you know it's there it's the season and I, I strongly believe in magic. Like, I'm a person that, like, yeah. magic is um, something very important to me. My dad, actually, who was pure Hawaiian from Ka'u, um, used to tell me he didn't have any assets, any land or anything. But when he left me, he left me a bag of a gallon of Hawaiian salt. And he left me this term, make magic. And it was something that he always told me my whole life. Um, and I just had soul belief that he had that mm. I could do anything. Oh, that just gave me oh, chicken yeah, skin. <laughs> wow, that is what a gift to leave you. Yeah, totally. That's your Instagram, Make Magic Malia. Make ma yep. Yep. <laughs> yep, it is. And, you know, he struggled to be a colonized Hawaiian, never could really hold down a job, struggled with alcohol, all the things, right? Mm -hmm. But that gift that he gave me is something that provides probably the most mana to all of the work that I do mm -hmm. because I believe it, mm -hmm. right? Making and I believe magic. in it. Mm -hmm. And now I've been able to kind of quantify it in ways like, okay, I have to like plan 80%, but I have to leave room for that magic. Mm. Like I have to leave room for the universe to do its work, for my kupuna to be present, for all the things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also have that trust. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to show up because I want to, you know, pursue this. But I also know that in showing up that, that I'm going to be met by the universe Mm. You know, it's some kind of magic. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's your huge. magic. Yes. That's the equation that yeah. you yes. come up with. That was one of my questions. Is like, how do you make? Because everything that you touch, it's it's magic. Magic. <laughs> your kids, your company is like, how do you make that? Like, how do you teach somebody to do it? Like, what, how do, how do you teach somebody that, you know? <laughs> to yeah. make magic? Yeah, I don't know. I I think you know having a strong identity, mm -hmm. being super pa. You know, we know now um, that connection to land is so important mm -hmm. to where we're from. Mm -hmm. You know, to have that and to invest in that, mm -hmm. um, to invest in your genealogy. We that's genealogy is work that we do in all of my companies because mm -hmm. um, we strongly believe that everything has a genealogy. Mm -hmm. You know, every story, every building, um, every industry. And in order for us to perform, you know, any kind of task, we really have to understand what came before us and recognize that we just have a short time and space to think about this. Yeah. And then there's going to be many that come after us. Mm -hmm. And how do we steward that? Right. So I think it's really understanding your genealogy mm -hmm. and your foundation. Um, and then, you know, getting to know yourself, I think, is a really important thing that mm -hmm. I think there's I feel like there's more awareness around that now. But growing up, it was wasn't a thing right like self-care like yeah, yeah. mental you know, health uh, even yeah, yeah. self-awareness yeah. um all those types of things but you know getting to know yourself and taking care of that relationship i think is really important as well mm -hmm. well what is i know we talked about like some of the companies that you have created 
do you can you tell us about any companies that you might have on the horizon yeah actually I'm, work- <laughs> I'm working on a couple um but maybe one that i'll share is called kumal productions it's um and it's something that's been kind of percolating in my life for i don't know a number of years but it's never just i've tried to like loam it and massage it in different ways and it never quite took and it mm-hmm. finally is like taking you know and so that's catching that's the best yeah Yeah. and so um, my partners are Ty Senga who's an Emmy Award winning Mm -hmm. producer and director writer um, and Leanna Wong who's an amazing cultural thinker Mm -hmm. Um, and so we have projects like NCIS Hawaii Um, we're working uh, with Hokulea on the Polynesian Voyaging Society's um, next voyage Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah so just you know opportunity again to be storytelling Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. in a way that is Kanaka driven and we um, recognize that, you know, one of the impetuses for all my businesses is that we really need more Hawaiians in uh, industry, mm-hmm. really making decisions and driving. And, you know, we have a ton of casting calls right now in Hawaii. And it's so interesting because um, what the industry is finding is that the talent that we have in Hawaii isn't ready to really put themselves out there yet. Mm-hmm. They really need a bridge. So, you know, in September, we've partnered with D- Disney to do an actors conference. And we're, it's for local people, oh, nice. all ages, awesome. to get them prepped with their headshots, their bios, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get a little bit of uh, ca- on-camera time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get a little confidence experience. Yeah, oh, for sure. Nice. Exciting. Yeah, and that's gonna be, it's going to be free, you know. Oh, that's awesome. And we're going to do a hybrid so that it's in person um, as well as um, online for those of our um, ohana on the neighbor islands that they can participate. So, you know, that um, company, Kumau Productions, is at a really exciting space right mm-hmm. now that is so and exciting and that's so true that was like that's a missing link almost because it's like there's so many beautiful and talented people in hawaii but then there isn't like a place where they can like learn the things that they would need to learn to be a part of productions you absolutely know? Like, so part of i mean it's twofold too really it's one like we need to take agency yeah Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We need to like be ready, be makau mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Make ready, my kupuna would say. And then and then we need to prime the industry that mm-hmm. we're ready. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that kind of that company serves as a bridge for that conversation. Oh, and that's good. Oh, I that's amazing. That. Yeah, you're creating that. so many more opportunities for everyone else. And yeah. Um what is the thing that um through all of this kind of is your the foundation of like who Malia is. Yeah, I know your foundation is very important. You know? Yeah. So I am the daughter of Pamela Mahilani Schleif and Gary Dennis Kaihue. Pamela is an educator, comes from a line of educators, uh, born and raised in Kaimuki. Um, my grandmother had a school there, Island Paradise Academy in Kaimuki. That wow. My, yeah, my great grandmother started, my grandmother ran, my mother ran. So at heart, I think, I, I believe I'm an educator just by nature. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up at the school cleaning classrooms and doing all the things yeah. on the weekends and at <laughs> nights. So um, I think that's what um, attracted me to teaching at the university and, and taking on a Ph.D. program. And um, my great-grandfather was actually a Buddhist priest. He, oh. Yeah, he was an English merchant marine, full white from mm-hmm. England jumped ship in India, studied Buddhism in, um, at the University of Rangoon in, um, at the time, Burma, um, now Myanmar, and got his doctorate in Dharma there. And wow. Oh, wow. Came to Hawaii and started to support the Buddhism, the birth of Buddhism really in Hawaii. Hmm. And his gift that he offered the world, um, or the English-speaking world, is that he was able to translate all of the Buddhist documents in English. Oh, wow. So, amazing. Yeah, so all of the plantation workers that lived in Hawaii, who are largely Asian, mm-hmm. um, had access then to Buddhist doctrines because he was able to translate everything. Wow. wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I, I just feel like I'm a culmination of yes. these <laughs> stories. Uh-huh. And so that's my mom's side. And my dad's a fisherman from Kau. Um, born and raised, he uh, was a commercial fisherman and carpenter. And, you know, he, my roots in that space, I think, keep me grounded to, those are my roots, really. Yeah. And then with my mom and education and knowledge and her love for knowledge and her insistence and persistence on 
a knowledge I think those are my wings you know mm. and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm made up of is I'm a culmination of stories yeah. and mm-hmm. so knowing the more and more I feel like you know your stories and mm-hmm. you learn and I'm learning all the time mm-hmm. um, I was sharing that I went back home to Kau for a month this year because the pandemic allowed us to do you know mm-hmm. travel and all the things and I learned so much you know just mm-hmm. being in that space like for a long period of time and uh, meeting uh, lots of family members and I knew them but I didn't know them in the ways that I know them mm. now right and that's, that's connection. So you got that like you even a that. deeper connection with you. for sure and I think everybody can do that right mm-hmm. you know talk to your kupuna mm-hmm. do research be curious right curiosity is actually one of the tools for successful people mm-hmm. right yeah and you hear that so, all the time keep asking questions mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so curiosity Kau has this like magic about it. Kau in itself, it's just like when I when I start getting closer, <laughs> it's just like I don't know. There's just like this feeling. I'm like, I wonder if I'm the only one who feels this, but it's just like it's just like this energy there sure. that's yeah. like intense. Can be intense. Yeah, yeah. But so many beautiful things come out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you would like to leave with us? Anything that you want to talk about that we haven't asked you about? that you think would be important for listeners to know? I don't know. I mean, I think I um, definitely want to give a shout-out to my husband, Dwayne uh, DeSoto, who's my life partner and partner in everything that I do. Um, He's awesome. He and he was, he was Duke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, Waterman. Amazing movie. Came out amazing, yeah. So many things about Duke that we don't know, and that. You know, to me, those are the stories. Like, we don't know these. Like, mm-hmm. these are our national heroes. All of our kids should know this story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, I'm super blessed to have him in, in my life. And, you know, he knows my crazy. So it's <laughs> awesome when you yeah. have somebody that knows you're crazy <laughs> and can manage it. Um, and then, of course, my eight kiki. Um, yeah. You know, like, my life, I really think when people ask me what I do, I'm like, I'm a mom. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then they ask <laughs> Dwayne. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dwayne's colleagues would be like, oh, um, so your wife's a stay-at-home mom. Does she? And he's like, yeah, trying again. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? He's like, is that what she told you? And they're like, oh, she just touched the mom. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, she is at home, but she is running the world. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, just having, giving life and giving birth and having those connections, right, again, is a form of energy and um, all the life that I've been able to birth, um, I think, has provided me with energy and capacity to mm-hmm. build my businesses and to thrive in the way that the world needs me right now and happy to show up for that. I think too, like if you ask me like what's top of mind, what keeps me up at night right now? Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that keeps me up at night is just the out migration of Kamaina mm-hmm. from Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's something yeah. that's really sad for me. Um, I think that, you know, our children and our grandchildren are getting priced out of the market they don't mm-hmm. even know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. they're mm-hmm. totally unconscious of it totally mm-hmm. my husband and i always have these conversations like we were working so hard to give our kids this life and we live on hawaii island in waimea they go to this beautiful school but i'm like they're gonna are they even gonna be able to live here where their roots are like 10 years from now i don't know it's kind of like a scary thought it's wild it's mm-hmm. wild and you know waimea is like one of those communities that's seen such exponential growth it's crazy mm-hmm. in our lifetime um but yeah that's what keeps me up i mean i live in makaha on the west side all the houses on my block are going for over a million dollars that's crazy wow. that's crazy yeah. like over the past few years too only recently recently and i'm just like my ch- you know our children grad so that's what keeps me up at night that's what i tell everybody in hawaii no matter who i'm meeting with it's like we all have a responsibility to solve for this yes mm-hmm. yeah whether you're a developer or a business person or um entrepreneur i don't care what your kuleana is it's a kuleana for us all half a native wines no longer live in hawaii Mm-hmm. that's a problem yeah mm-hmm. you know? yeah that's so sad that yeah. is sad and so th- that's the kind of things that you know i'm like okay if i keep creating mm-hmm. keep sharing stories keep creating space for people to want to live and thrive here mm-hmm. and keep and creating those connections yeah and you're creating mm-hmm. all these opportunities as well so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. huge opportunities yeah what could be like a first step to a solve for that like what could what do you see as like a path 
I think the first thing is that we need to talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we all have people in our lives that have moved, you know, entire yeah. families yeah. that have moved. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that's common. Um, now I think we need to be honest, you know, mm-hmm. that if, you, if you're moving to Hawaii, you're taking up space, you're displacing someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are uncomfortable conversations to yeah. have sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But we need to start having those conversations, I think. And the first step, you know, for me, I'm always going to come back to knowledge and education. And, you know, how do we educate ourselves? I, I'll tell you, you know, last weekend, my she just turned 17 on the 4th of July, but she's, you know, because I talk about these things with my children, mm-hmm. they're, they're thinking about these things, right? Mm-hmm. So she's uh, been looking at real estate for four years now, just like kind of always. Wow. She's on, she's oh, on wow. like... <laughs> 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah girl. <laughs> she's on Zillow and, you know, uh-huh. she's always sending me things. And then she's like, I want to go to this open house. And I'm like, okay, have you been to an open house? She's like, no, never. And I was like, okay, well, you, she's like, what do I do? And I'm like, just walk in. I stayed in the car. I'm like, walk in and look around. You, you know, they're going to give you a paper with all the details of the house and ask questions. And, um, and so she, you know, I took basically we went to her first open house and she just turned 17 that's and great. that's, that's amazing, amazing. Uh-huh. well in a way it's amazing right and i'm yeah. like oh it's amazing and she's thinking about it but it's also sad like Why? i mean should a 17 year old be having to think about yeah, how yeah, they're well. going to survive in hawaii yeah. yeah like is that her best use of her time Mm-hmm. You know, 17, yeah. at yeah. 17, it's such a heavy kuleana too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like always this dualism of like, yeah, it's amazing. And then it's like, oh. and then how many kids aren't having that conversation? Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Yep. Right. You know, and, and aren't they're going to start thinking it. about it too late or. Yeah, yeah. And I know I did. Mm-hmm. Right. I had no idea. I got no training from my parents mm-hmm. of <laughs> financial yeah. well-being mm-hmm. or anything like that. And, you know, if they wait till I would, you know, how old I was when I started to figure it out i'm still figuring it out for sure mm-hmm. um it's gonna be too late i'm gonna be able to live in hawaii yeah yeah and so yeah yeah, yeah. Oof, oh that's yeah, a heavy that's, yeah that's so <laughs> yeah well, it's so true though it's yeah. so true and it's yeah we need to all start just, yeah, I'll talk talking about, about it, it and like yeah yeah bring awareness to the issue yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah what what would what kind of advice would you give to someone that's you know just like trying to figure it out and like they just want to start something and you know like what mm-hmm. what would your steps or what would your recommendations be i love them? that um i think so if you you know an entrepreneur right mm-hmm. you're thinking yep. you want to start something your birth is something i think the first thing is um just recognizing that you already are an entrepreneur that that's vested in your birthright and um being from hawaii coming from the place with the most uh, geoclimatic regions, having the most diverse endangered species, having Mm -hmm. an incredible indigenous community, um, married to uh, an awesome immigrant community that became our Kama'aina community, Mm -hmm. that you are actually genetically modified to be a phenomenal entrepreneur. Mm. Love that. Because you're a problem solver, you're a critical thinker, you understand diversity. These aren't things that have to be taught to you. Mm -hmm. And you have a connection to this place, which Mm -hmm. is your greatest asset. If you can strengthen your connection to Hawaii and what makes us different, what our competitive advantage is from being from Hawaii and thinking the way we think, um, that's a huge step, I feel like. And so that's the first thing is one, just understanding and recognizing that you're an entrepreneur. The second thing is doing it. Mm -hmm. Do the work. Mm -hmm. Show up every day consistently. Mm -hmm. Win, lose, doesn't matter. Just show up Mm -hmm. and show up for yourself. And then I think the outcome is that you get to design a life that you love, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And that's what my husband and I have been able to do. And, you know, now we spend a lot of time traveling and just being at home and not coming to our offices and mm-hmm. that's by design you know yeah. those are those, those things we we put in the time and work to design that mm-hmm. that space and to make sure that our children can live and thrive in Hawaii mm-hmm. so I'm super excited I oh, I yeah, mean awesome. I think that I always tell my children too like you don't have to wait to like in school we learn like you graduate high school they yeah, go to college you know, like yeah. and all yep. these things I'm like you know, you'll no. see anytime on my block, my nine-year-old dragging her wagon around 
pop with her her latest pop up business. She's going door to door. So you are raising little entrepreneurs. Kim, do we do started her bikini line when? How yep, old was she? She was eleven. Um, she's so eighteen crazy. now, so she's had a business for seven years. And you know what we did with her is really allow her to just uh, make all those mistakes while she was in our house and like mm-hmm. figure it out. But she also had the responsibility of making the website, doing mm-hmm. the books doing the taxes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. wow things that you, you know, don't get taught in school yeah, yeah you don't get taught in school these things and you know during the pandemic i pulled all my kids out of school mm-hmm. kind of interesting i mean it, it really broke because i come from an education background mm-hmm. and a typical education background yeah, yeah. it really um disrupted the way my husband and i thought about education mm-hmm. you know and, mm-hmm. and that was one of the gifts that we got out of the pandemic for better or worse, I don't yeah. know. My, uh-huh. my husband's always like, they're getting dumber. I'm like, shut up, don't say that out loud. <laughs> um, and every year, you know, we're going to take it year by year and see how it goes. But so you're it's been a huge homeschooling blessing. Homeschooling them now? We did, yeah, for the last two years. Oh. Wow, that's a whole full time yeah. job in itself. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have just like one or two students. <laughs> yeah, I have a handful. Yeah. You have a whole school. Yeah. Yeah. And I say homeschool because they're at home. But there's not really a curriculum, like a standard. Yeah, but they're learning so much, so much. They, they get to see you do your thing, and they get to experience like the the ups and downs, and like that is. You can't learn that in school. For sure. I mean, I, I think about my son, Kala, who he's 14. And, you know, my dad, as I mentioned, was a fisherman, incredible fisherman. Unfortunately, wasn't around long enough to pass that on to mm-hmm. my children. Um, but now that we live by the water, right, my son, um, and not every, they're all so different. Each mm-hmm. one yeah. is different. They have different, you know, gifts, talents, passions, all the things, problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he loves ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of my children love the ocean they're surfers but he wants he he has a different kind of connection with the ocean Mm. right and i we recognize that early on so you know we just started putting like tools in front of him like okay here's a spare gun and a mask (laughs) and then all of a sudden he came home with hay and fish and wow he started meeting fishermen in our community that would call him up when they were going diving and so it's it's incredible too right Mm -hmm. is that in in a non-traditional education space Mm -hmm. um the things that if he was in school he probably wouldn't have time and space to have those relationships with those kupuna and those fishermen in Mm -hmm. our community now and that's an iini or a desire that he created Mm -hmm. on his own right Mm -hmm. and just we just facilitated it and that to me is like I'm like, okay, if you bring home dinner, you don't have to do your homework today. No schoolwork. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, for sure. If you can feed us, us, we're good. You know, we're like a family of 10. So that's a big deal. (laughs) I love that too, how you, um, with your children, you kind of give them the tools sort of, but then you give them the responsibility to figure it out on their own. Even like the littlest ones. It's like, we're going to support you and we're going to take you to the open house or we're going to like help you like give you the basics on like what you mm-hmm. should know or do but then you, you have to make out. the mistakes yeah, yeah you, have yeah, to you learn. do the hard work yeah and then letting them know too like we're not the smartest people like make your own networks you know like mm-hmm. okay you know this person call him have a conversation mm-hmm. you know and for my 17 year old say like, i don't want to call him i'm like why he has lots of real estate he knows something about real estate. <laughs> you know and I, i'm like did you call him as my friend and she's like yeah i called him he told me buy low sell high i was like, <laughs> I was that like that's a great life yeah, lesson yeah, yeah, yeah. learn something from that call she's like i don't know what to do with that yet i'm like that's fine just follow what away yeah. meanwhile i'm like buy low, but encouraging them to have those conversations you know Mm -hmm. and to not be afraid to and then the community responds so well oh yeah you know they're like oh yeah anybody will embrace like if somebody's 17 year old like taking it upon herself to ask those hard questions they would definitely like i can't you know i would not we get those people too like 
actually Andrew was one of those people. He was like in high school and he was like messages me yeah, on his Facebook and he was like, hey, can I like hang out, like, te- you know, hang out? Just let me do anything. I just, yeah. just want to be there. I want to experience it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, and look at this place now. I know, I know. But it's like, yeah, getting out of your comfort zone sometimes and just putting yeah. yourself out there. Like, you never know. Yeah, it's funny. She was um, invited to be on the Hoy Surf team. Oh, um, nice. And yeah, and um, they had, they traveled to El Salvador for the Junior World Championships. And they, because of COVID, everything's been kind of funky. There was mm-hmm. no funding. And she's like, oh, I we have to raise money. And I'm like, well, how are we going to do that? She's like, I don't know. What should we do? And I'm like, well, I think if it was me, <laughs> I would just go to the banks and insurance companies and ask them. She's like, okay, I don't know what that means. I'm like, well, write a solicitation letter, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, we're definitely not going to sell Zippy's Chili to get us <laughs> to El Salvador. Yeah, that yeah. would be like 10 million yeah, yeah, Zippy's yeah. Chili tickets, <laughs> right? And so she sent out, she ended up sending out 40 emails, solicitations, some to people that she knew, some to people that she put in parentheses, you may know my mom or dad, <laughs> Betty and Dwayne, and some were just cold, right, uh-huh. in the cold market. And she raised $30,000. It was incredible wow. to watch her do That's that. Amazing. Right? Yeah. Wow. But that was like teaching her how to fish, mm-hmm. right? Not mm-hmm. giving her the fish and yeah. letting her feel like, they're not calling me back. I don't think they like me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. That's amazing. Because then even like as a mom, it's like that balance of like you want to just like protect them and make uh-huh. sure that they don't fail and don't feel bad and all that. It's like there's such a it's such a temptation to like try to do too much and then but just kind of like giving them the bike and being like just put your helmet on and start pedaling (laughs) keep going (laughs) and then they feel so empowered like i did that it wasn't you that did that for her no i didn't it was her for sure Mm -hmm. wow so this in this life that you designed right so you you, i know you obviously work really hard yep (laughs) do you play hard what do you guys do to relax we always say we always say work hard play harder Uh Mm uh-huh Um, so we just came back from California. We were there for five weeks. Oh, wow. <clears throat> it was bookended by skateboard camp, mm-hmm. which oh, my nice, kids were in. Nice. Yep. And uh, nationals for surfing at Huntington Beach. And then we just stayed the entire time in between and did things up there, you know, saw family, hung out. I think with COVID, too, it was really like a call to like be closer and just to be more intimate with each other. Mm-hmm. And so we've just been soaking all that in. Um, I leave again on Sunday and we're going with my daughter to France and, you know, we have all these things, like our schedule is pretty wacky, but what our goal always is, is to bring our family with us, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you can't always do that, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, in the life that we designed, like that's how we designed it. We, I knew that my dad learned how to fish by going with his, uh, family that were fishermen and women, mm-hmm. right? He learned at the shoreline with them. So if I'm at a board meeting, the kids, I, I mean, it would not be uncommon for you to walk into a board meeting and for me to be breastfeeding <laughs> or for my six-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old to be sitting there doing something, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not, you know, my husband and I always crack up because, you know, new parents, right? This is, we have eight kids. <laughs> new parents, I mean, I was at a baby luau once, the parents left to put their baby to have, take their baby home to nap because that was their routine. Oh, right, right, right. I was like, I'm not kidding me. Like, this is his baby Luau. Like, get a grip. But new parents tend to want to plan their life around their children, mm. you know? And it's something I think that is part of the generational trauma that we all grew up with. with our parents' generation yeah. were like, they, they didn't, didn't give a shit about us. <laughs> and so I am going to make my whole life around my child, oh right? Oh my God, that's so true. So <laughs> me and my husband are super intentional about their living our lives. Mm. And we feel like we're in best service of them when we're chasing our dreams and when we're building our lives. Mm-hmm. And Dude. we have mm-hmm. no, um, we unapologetically involve them in every part of that space Mm -hmm. even when I was working for other people my at my interviews I would always say and this is my disclaimer like I'm a mom first Mm -hmm. Mm. that brings tremendous value and insight that will help me do an amazing job at this Mm -hmm. but if that's uncomfortable for you Mm -hmm. like you know we're probably not the best match (laughs) Uh Uh and so you know bringing them along um 
yeah that's so that's my new advice for parents like live your life mm. like that is the best service of your children to live yeah, your life yeah yeah that's so important. that is yeah. that is so important because there's a lot of you know that's like the thing that my kids are like a little bit older now but i remember when they were little i was like all of my energy went to like keeping them in this like safe bubble and then mm-hmm. by the end of the day i was like i have like this much energy yeah. to like give to my company like yeah. I, or even to I'm, yourself or to my yeah. oh yeah myself was like way yeah. way way <laughs> not a priority <laughs> but then that caused like so many other problems like just not being in alignment or even just like respecting my own self and yeah, uh, time sure. and things like that so oh everything's in hindsight right it's like yeah. if i could go back but yeah, that's so important. I yeah, think. Dwayne and I always talk about, like, how do we give them the struggle? Like, we want them to have the struggle because mm-hmm. you get so much out of going through a struggle, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and we got so much out of our, you know, um, challenging childhoods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that really shaped us and mm-hmm. who we were without making them struggle, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. like, always the thing. Like, you want them to have that insight and yeah. access without uh-huh. actually having that. But yeah. without the trauma. Let, yeah, let them be hungry, but, like, you yeah. know, like, we'll still support you. I always, my, my daughter always cracks up at me, my 18-year-old. She's very... um self-assured i'd say not, not opinionated <laughs> so she has no problem telling you know she's teaching Dwayne all about mansplaining and all the things man spreading yeah. and he's just like what is going on um but she she was you know telling me you know because i'm still dealing with all of my trauma <laughs> I'm like, driving, wait, wait. I'm like driving my Tesla like that's curious I'm like what trauma would that be right I'm, you know yeah, but yeah. your first instinct is like what the fuck are you crazy and so I just told her this I'm like we took care of all the big things babes we broke all the generational curses around drugs alcohol <laughs> prostitution yeah you know all that kind of shit <laughs> and then your generation you get to figure out the rest okay? yeah. <laughs> like i took care of the big ones that's all i got for you like everything else is you <laughs> and she's she's just like Ugh. but it's funny you know um perception because her struggle and right, the, right her idea her. of struggle and my idea of struggle are like totally yeah yeah, yeah totally, totally different. different yeah Oh, so funny. I feel like we could talk to you forever, (laughs) but I know that you're, you have the whole world to conquer. So thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. It's been an honor talking to you. And you're honestly like, when I think of a fucking badass (laughs) entrepreneur, mom, wife, like I always think about you. Oh, you're an inspiration. Likewise, for sure. You're a huge inspiration for me and for so many other women out there. So thank you for all the work that you do. Yeah, yes, thanks thank for you having so me, much. Guys. Yeah. We were just talking about this too. Like when we were planning everything and what Uncut was about, we wanted to talk to Hawaii's entrepreneurs, change makers, and creators, right? And we awesome. were like, yo, she's like all, all of them. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, she's literally all of them. Yeah, yeah. I just so. make babies. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate creator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much again. Yeah, we thanks really for appreciate having your me, time. you guys. Yep. Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Don't Aloha. forget to subscribe and like. Thank yeah. you guys. <laughs> oh, oh. Where oh, can people how can find, they find you? you? Oh, um, my Instagram's at makemagicmalia, and that's probably the best way. It's like my digital business card. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can check out. Uh, actually, if you go to at makemagicmalia on Instagram, it has a handful of my businesses listed there, and you can check out their Instagrams too. Perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Cut. Sick. Thank you. <laughs>